This is Dr. Bob Patton. Welcome to Making Much of His Mission. His mission, of course, is to see many come to Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, so we can't be with Jesus Christ. The Bible says further, The wages of sin is death. We are separated from him and ultimately will go to hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gives us this as a gift. We can't earn it, but we can receive it. For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become children of God. So as we receive Jesus Christ, he comes into our life, gives us his life, which is eternal life, and allows us to spend eternity with him. That is ultimately his mission. Let us all yield totally to the Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as our personal Savior. And now, the message for today. Welcome to Making Much of His Mission. Today we want to begin a short series on faith. We're going to be looking at the chapter 11 in Hebrews, and briefly in the beginning of chapter 12. We'll begin with Hebrews chapter 11, 1 through 3. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray for Satan to be bound, and we pray that you'd open our eyes to understand what you would have us to see. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which appear. We see then, brothers and sisters, that true faith is really based on believing in God and his creation, that there is a creator and that he created everything ex nihilo, that is, out of nothing. There was nothing except God and God created everything and that this is foundational. The word substance, that used to bother me. I'm a doctor. I think of substance as something I can feel, I can handle, and so forth. But the word apparently in the Greek uh, is hypostasis, which is talking about the fundamental. So I said, oh, okay, now I understand what they're talking about. And so this faith, the faith that there is really a creator, and the creator has created everything, is foundational to our belief and our whole faith as far as being a Christian is concerned. We believe that God created heavens and earth. He created space. He created time. He created matter. He created all of these things out of nothing. He simply spoke them into existence. In Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And God said, and God said, and God said, and it was so. We find the same thing by the psalmist in Psalm 33, verse 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Brothers and sisters, as a scientist, I need to know that there is a reality to the universe around us. If you're a Hindu, if you believe in the Hindu basis or some of the other Eastern religions, you believe that really the 
It is the invisible force behind everything, the Brahman, that is there, and what you see around us is not real. But as a scientist, I can't accept that. Also, I need to know that the earth is reliable, that the world is reliable, that I can depend on things to go the same way. Otherwise, as a scientist, I have to repeat observable things several times to see that that really fits and that I can either prove or especially disprove my idea of how things are. And that requires a reliable universe. And that requires somebody who has made it reliable, and that is our God, who is totally trustworthy. Thus, that true faith is foundational for our believing, our investigating, our thinking. Furthermore, true faith should be placed in the Lord Jesus Christ if we are to trust our Creator. Why do I say that? John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning of God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then in verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. I've used this example a number of times with our students, but we know that the basic, uh, most basic thing that uh, we have in the universe where an element maintains its character is the atom. And the atom consists of a nucleus, which has protons and usually neutrons in it, and electrons running around it. The electrons are negative. The protons are positive. The protons, if we look at normal uh, electromagnetic uh, rules and so forth, we would expect would explode from each other because when you put two positives next to each other, they push each other away. They repel. At the same time, the negatives should have... um, pulled those things together, the electrons. What is the power then that keeps the nucleus from exploding? What is the power that keeps things in order? And the Bible would suggest that the power is ultimately from the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of heaven and earth. Hebrews 1, 2 and 3 says, uh, God hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the world's who, being the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he sat, pardon, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. It is very sad to see that the foundational faith has been undermined over these last two centuries by increasing secularization This is especially true of the theory of evolution. I felt this particularly because of my background. As a physician, I started school and I went through uh, getting evolution in all my grade school, all my high school, all my college, all my medical school, and even uh, post-doctoral training. And I was heavily, heavily, heavily influenced. I never thought of the implications of what... I needed foundationally to have that. 
about the reliability of the universe, about how something could just start by chance and yet prove to be reliable, where it came from. Those type of things I kind of pushed off to the side. And yet this is the educational belief, this Humanism and rationalism and evolution is really the unofficial religion of the United States today. They can practice that in the, in uh, without any problem in the grade school, high school, and so forth. But try and bring in biblical truth. Huh, you've got problems. They even allow other religions right now. Uh, in many cases, there, many people are pushing in Islam without a lot of... But the belief that Jesus Christ indeed is the creator of the universe? Huh, big problem. Now Paul says in Romans chapter 1, 20 to 23, the following. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. This is talking about God. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. That's you and me, without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man and birds, and a four-footed, pardon, four-footed beasts and creeping things. Brothers and sisters, the Bible declares that Jesus Christ is the Creator God. He is also God the Son. We'll look at that in detail in another time. And He is also our personal Savior. Titus two thirteen. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to earth to save sinners. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. And all who receive him will receive power to become sons of God. When you receive Jesus Christ, he comes to live within you. He not only gives you his life, which is eternal life, which never has any ending, he not only gives you the opportunity to live with him forever in heaven, but he also gives you a new power to be able to live a life pleasing to God here on earth. And I experienced that in my own life. Things I'd struggled with all my life after I got saved became possible. Not always easy. Not that I never sinned again. That's certainly not true by any stretch of the imagination. But I had his power within me, and I had the blood of Jesus Christ, which could cleanse me from all sins, and when I fell down, I could get back up and move forward. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, the foundation of faith is that God is our creator, and that the creation is done through God the Son, Jesus Christ, and that you and I need to personally receive him. If you have not yet given your life to Lord Jesus, you need to realize that you are a sinner, that you have broken God's laws, that you have rebelled against him. We're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need to recognize that the wages of sin is death, separation from God, and that will eventually be eternal separation from God in a place called hell. All the details, I don't know. I see some of them written out. Some say symbolic. Some say they're true. 
a literally a literal fire. I don't know, but I don't want to know either. I just know it's going to be bad, bad, bad if you get involved in that. And I have made the decision to accept Jesus Christ and avoid that. Also, we find out the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift. You can't earn it, but you can receive it. And when you receive it, all who have received him, to them gave he power to become children of God, even to them that believed on his name. If you have not done that yet, I would strongly urge you to do so. May God abundantly bless you. And a final reminder, what we cannot do in our own strength, he can do through us. So as we try to apply what we've learned today, let us yield it to him and ask him to live his life through us. And once again, this is Dr. Bob Patton from Making Much of His Missions, wishing you a blessed day. God bless you.